we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 67. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside. He only does everything. You're Colin being Moriarty. especially loud today. I'm delivering. I'm delivering. It. I feel like that. I don't know if I'm just a little more tired today. I think or it's a little, you're a little more tired. That seems I, like, I a normal, like shit. Last that's night. a normal thing where I turn it on. I feel like I don't think that was that was either. seemed louder. Than Kevin, was that out of bounds loud or was that normal level of bound, uh, loudness? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying for you being a human being who listens was to a lot of the show start. Okay. Okay. See you. Bye, Kevin. Slept like shit last night. Yeah, I just didn't sleep very well. Why? I don't know. Just didn't. Did you play any games? Hitman Go on mm, Vita mm, last mm, night. Mm. Yeah. How close are you getting the platinum on that one? Uh, Very close. Very close. Probably an hour away. Oh, nice. Okay, good. good, good. Um, You know, I've got to, I have to admit that I, uh, so I'm on the six of seven worlds. There have been like three or four stages where I've had to go online to sure. look for a solution. Like for spe- not to beat it, but specifically to do one aspect sure. of those one of those three chances. Like, yeah. Man, how do you get the briefcase without killing anyone mm-hmm. or whatever it is? And um there's there were a couple of them where I'm like, oh but there were a couple where I'm like, I would have never figured nope. this out. Yeah, hundred percent. That um, was when I when I did Hitman Go, that was the exact same thing. I played all the way through and then yeah, I was like, All right, cool, I want to get the platinum. What the fuck do I do? How do I do? And I personally, I honestly didn't like it that much, which is weird because I compliment letter quests so much on the here. You finish the stage however you want, but then there's these little things granted maybe because it wasn't tied to the platinum, but having just platinum Lara Croft go right. Like I prefer that take on it where it's like, cool, I'm exploring and I'm playing and there's no beat it in this many moves. Oh, there isn't. No, 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 no. Just beat it. However you beat it, beat it. However you beat it. And then there's collectibles to find around the world. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that sounds, that sounds tantalizing. I actually really enjoy Hitman go. Oh no, don't Uh, wrong. I'm going to stay away from the game. But, uh, I I, I, that said, I'm shocked knowing my own skill level, which is very mediocre at these kinds of games, puzzly kind of games. Uh, I uh, I'm shocked how far I've gotten like how I've gotten with the I've gotten probably a 210 stamps or something like that and only four of them I needed help with yeah it's pretty good yeah no 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 I hear you on that one and I never like had a problem beating a stage sure yeah but it's a really fun game it's really really quite tailored to beat I think yeah which is coincidental since that's what we're talking about today ah it is isn't it of course full disclosure my girlfriend jen works on is brand manager over there and the vita load time suck balls on uh, laura croft go so put that out there too how bad is it it's here's the thing if you're only gonna play there yeah you're gonna be like these seem long and put it down and not worry about it you'll be fine you'll 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 do it no problem i played it for a long time and then i saw it on ps4 and i was like are you fucking kidding me because ps4 like no problem and then vita's like yeah give me a second 
I'll well, how, what, how long does it need to load a map? I'll say five to seven seconds. Oh, that's not bad. But it's enough that it's like, no, it's like, it's not bad until you keep fucking up the same thing and you have to, because it's like you die and then let's right, reload right, it right. and when you die, let's reload. How do you find the collectibles? How do you tap on them? In, on Vita? Yeah. On PS4, you can use a, your stick and you move the reticle around. And they're easy to find. There's there. Well, I mean, some are challenging, like, but it's like, it's really good about telling you when you're short one. So, so, so like say you peak the level and you come back and you can open up your little book and it'll show you like out of the four here, you're missing one. So you know to go back and look through that through level. that stage. Yeah. 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 And they're easy to find. Doesn't yeah. Once you because you know what to look for eventually and how they start hiding them and everything. There's a few that are cleverly hidden. You know, I move that thing. You have to be like looking and multitasking mm. in multitasking. certain sorts. Cool. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll put that up next. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, geez. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI oh, Love Lord. You XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there, listen to the other podcasts, listen to the other YouTube channels, subscribe to everything, rate us in the world. When you see people on rate the street, in the world? when you see people on the street, you yell at them. I give PSI Love You XOXO five stars, and they will be scared. They will drop their groceries and they will run from you. But it's what we're asking you to do. And if you're a true fan, you will do this. Also, remember. This is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. All thanks to you. So thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, remember, I post every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Rain or shine, just like this episode did, which we are recording weeks ago. This is a time capsule. For us, it's the 13th of December. Rogue One is not w- released worldwide. Kanye West and Donald Trump are in New York in a lobby somewhere. That's all anybody's talking about on the internet. That's all we know right now. Because you see, kind of funny, of course, taking the final two weeks of December off but we're banking all the podcasts. So you're going to have a PS. I love you. XOXO every week. You're going to have a game over ratio. You're going to have kind of funny games cast. No call on the rig live. You got to suck it up on that one. I'm sorry for you, but we wanted to make sure you had content as per usual. Cause we don't like missing days on any of the shows. So this is a PS. I love you. XOXO special. Really? Uh, you might remember that back in the day, uh, when we actually launched the new studio, we did a piece of evergreen content for a PS. I love you. XOXO where we went through and did the top 10 for kind of funny PS4 games. Now we're going through and do the top 10 Vita games. Colin, how does the system work? Uh, well, we each make our own individual uh, numbered list from 1 to 10. Uh, the 10th place game gets 1.9283 and so on until we get to number 1, which gets 10 points. We can fuse and synthesize these two lists together mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. make the ultimate Vita list. And I must say that I found this list much more difficult to make than the PS4 list. Sure. There's a lot of great Vita games. Uh, there are a lot of great PS4 games too, but I think that the Vita is older and uh, there's, I honestly think, more just more games uh, worth playing per capita. Let's sure, say, sure. Uh, than there are in PS4. So it was it was a more difficult list for me to make, but I made it nonetheless. And I think we're going to have something very, very good and very definitive here. Yeah. Well, it's the Vita has a great library, and that's what I, we are. You know, we've done the episode before, so you've decided to buy a PlayStation Vita because people kept asking the same Vita questions. But I think the one we get so much is is this? A, so I was thinking, you guys talk about the Vita all the time. Is it okay to cut time to buy a Vita? And it's like. Yes, always a good time. There's to buy a, a if you are there on the games we're going to go through and talk about, Ryan. Do you like them? Do you like enough of them that you think it would justify buying a system? Then yeah, you're going to be fine. You know what would have been a better time for you to buy a Vita four years ago? You fucking clown. We could have been. We could have had Freedom Wars two right now. You're the reason the Vita failed. We could have had a Golden Abyss two right now if it wasn't for you people. Where is another? You guys luminous? all dropped the ball. You're all you disgrace. fucked us. You're a disgrace. We loved you and you fucked us, people. You're a disgrace. Hope you enjoy your VR. Go ahead and do go ahead and do VR dirty like you did Vita dirty. Now. The one thing about it, right, we're going to go through this, uh, is I want to point out the same things we pointed out for PS4. These are our favorite games. 
This is not some bullshit thing where we're like, well, we need a racing game and we're trying to put racing. This is just Colin and I. Here we are recommending Vita games for you. Right. And I also would say that I think this list is good. I think this list would change on any given day. 100%. We're going to move around. Now, the one thing when you got here today, I asked you how you wanted to play this. Because when we did the PS4 list, we had a caveat in there that if it were going to go on this list, if it was going to go on the PlayStation 4 list, if it was going to go on the top 10 list, it needed to have come out at the same time on PlayStation 4, so we weren't saying like, okay, cool, DC Universe Online came out on PC and uh, PS3 back in the day, then it finally came to PS4, mm. but that would disqualify it from it, like late ports and all that stuff. Yeah. Is that fair to do here? I say no. No, I don't think it's my fair. My top three games are games that have come late that I think are at home on Vita and where I've played the most on Vita and where I love it the most on Vita. I think that... Um it's the parameters must change for Vita because Vita is the recipient of so many indie ports mm-hmm, and PC mm-hmm. ports and phone ports and everything else that I think that y- y- the parameters are a little too stringent in that respect. And even if I went back and did the PS4 list again, I think I might remove those caveats um, just specifically because like, why does it really matter? Yeah. And it seems arbitrary. Day. I think that, I think that next time we do the PS4 list, we should do a longer PS4 list and we should change the rules. And that was the thing with this one was that I had a hard time narrowing this down to 10. I really did. I like that though. I like that. It's hard to do. I like that. You have to get in there in the weeds and actually make some hard cuts. And that's the whole thing. We, you know, I know we're going to do honorable mentions. I'm sure at some point there's a whole list of games here. I was like, well, these are all fucked. These had a chance, but they're fucked because of these rules. Mm. If we ain't played in the rules, we didn't. I moved things around. So where do you want to start, Colin? Do you want to do some honorable mentions that sure. didn't make your list, but things that should have? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I'll, I'll I'll tell you the games that I wrote down that didn't make the list. There's a, there's a few of them. Like, oh, there are quite a, a few of them. Uh, I wrote down Hitman Go. Um, doesn't make the list, but I think that it's a great game. Uh, I wrote down Letter Quest Remastered. I think it's a, I think it's a great game as well, but it's not on the list. It really I mean, is. I, I want to continue to say that. I said it a long time ago. It, it it planted in your brain and finally grew later mm-hmm. on. Everyone else should let it grow in their brain and play Letter Quest. Pretty sure I'm the first person to play it on Vita. But the thing about the thing about this is that uh, I actually I beat it and 100 it. It got all the trophies and then I tweeted out that I really liked it. Tweeted at the developer and they were like, and I was like, but no platinum is a huge mistake. And they're like, well, we didn't fit the parameters for platinum. And I go, oh, you're so young and naive, Bacon Bandits. You, you have all much, fit you, the you have, fucking You have thing. much to learn. If the shite mayonnaise game can get a platinum Just trophy. Just ask so and you. demand platinum developers. They will give it to you if you ask and demand it. When they say no, say no, really, we need a platinum. Uh, Mutant Muds Deluxe is on here. Ah. I think that's a really great game. Um, I'm friends with the guy that made it, uh, Jules Watson, so I just want to throw that out there. But um, this game really found a home on Wii, Wii U, or Wii U specifically in 3DS, but uh, ported to Vita, and I think really fun. And they just came out with a Mutant Muds Super Challenge, which is basically picks up where the game left off. So the hardest stage, the first stage is like harder than... <laughs> Any of the stages of Mute Muds Deluxe, what I think is pretty cool. So don't jump into Super Challenge unless you played Mute Muds Deluxe. But when I went home, uh, or I went home with Aaron to Massachusetts this summer, that's like all I played on Vita. I played it for hours and hours and hours and got all the coins and all the gems and got all unlocked all the characters. A lot of fun. Uh, Saturday Morning RPG is on this mm. list. I think that that game's really fucking rad. Uh, you can also play it on Steam. Uh, it's basically an episodic sort of uh, role playing game. It takes place in like the 80s. A lot of quirky kind of weird shit in it um the combat's kind of cool like you fight with like compasses and and uh rulers and so it's it's interesting that one has been sitting on my vita since you recommended initially and i haven't jumped in i'm going to i'm totally it sounds awesome when you talk about it it is it's a neat game and it's their little bite-sized episode so you know you can get through it pretty quick i think uh rampa 2 goodbye despair is on here um got to give a tip of the, the hat to it i actually never got all the way through it hmm. played it for many many hours something else came up um it's easy to get distracted in that game uh it doesn't have the same 
special something that the first one does but Je ne sais quoi. exactly but they're still it's still fantastic uh zero drifters on here that's another game by my friend jules watson um uh very bite-sized metroidvania you can beat it in like an hour an hour and a half really really cool game um and a unique kind of take on uh on that particular formula which i think people might like uh race the sun's on here i think race the sun's fucking cool it's probably my favorite racing game ever um i remember that, i like the argument at ign one time when they're like racing game you said race the sun like is that even a racing game and you go race is in the title <laughs> it's called race <laughs> the, the sun. sun uh the idea of race the sun if you haven't played it um is that the sun is constantly setting in the distance and you're driving towards it so the faster you drive the more the sun will rise and when the sun sets because you're not going fast enough then the game's over it's a really it's unique. awesome race the sun's another great one that i find that's one of the ones that i find myself not deleting it's on there and then play every so often on a plane ride. I'm like, I want to play something, but not get into the weeds and like, oh, there it is. Race the sun. Velocity 2X mm. uh, is an honorable mention. I don't think it's as good as Velocity Ultra specifically because I don't I know that they, what they were trying to do, trying to add in at Future Lab, trying to add in a side scrolling element to it, which I think is cool and adds to the dynamic of the game and makes the game more frantic, which is what the game is all about. It's totally about frantic, frenetic movement. But I. I just I wish that this sh- st- stuck with the ship down combat or the camera down on the ship combat um, pixel junk shooter ultimate I think is excellent um, on Vita it's also on PS4 and it runs better there ease memories of Celsida I think is probably the best action RPG like pure action RPG on the console or on the my, handheld my only thing that's the one where I jumped between characters right yeah I didn't like that I didn't like that I, I wanted to be one person um Rayman Origins is awesome uh, Rayman Legends you can talk about too really really great stylish platformers um and escape plan which i think was oh, the first great game on large. vita uh i think that was the first really great game on vita um along with super stardust uh delta which is another honorable mention um but there are better games now so sure. that's i mean that's i don't think that's an exhaustive list of games oh, no. i would like to mention but those are games that i jotted down as i was going through my trophies that i was like maybe this can make the list yeah that's the same way for me right as i jotted down way more than i actually could put on the list and so like for me i have on here uh most recently dragon quest builders in terms of something that i think deserves a mention it was on a list but it wouldn't be in the top 10 but i i'm so happy to see square bring that game to the vita support the vita have content there that is fun that you can get lost in. I still need to double back. I do want to beat the entire thing, uh, but I just enjoy the Minecraft mix up. It's super easy. You know what I mean? Not much of a challenge, but it's fun to play. Uh, I have kills on mercenary on there kills on mercenary. You know, the one true first person shooter that came and like when you're talking about console quality and what this system could have been if they would have gone that way and kept AAA going, they had something really interesting there. Really dug it. Uh, loof trousers, another game that I found myself just sinking at, hours upon hours on in, in planes and fucking around on muni or whatever continuing to play enjoying it a guacamole uh we are obviously huge drink box fans i have been since uh, mutant blobs attack uh big uh, guacamole i thought was awesome i bet you'll we'll talk about them at length when we get to the real top 10 list uh a little big planet i put on there a little big planet ps vita uh that was the big that year i remember there was a big argument between what was game of the year for vita whether it was a uh, little big planet vita or whether it was persona and I think the reason it's we skewed out, and I forget, well, I know we did videos about it or whatever, because we picked a little big planet over Persona at IGN was the fact that it was just more approachable in a more everyone game. And it was the little big planet experience put onto the Vita, which was pretty awesome in the ability to have the platforming and the creating and the sharing and downloading and mm. keeping them saved there and able to have a true little big planet game. Another I that game even exists. Another and totally because it's one that I think it the problem was in terms of its legacy, it got there too late. It was it was Little Big Planet again. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay, fine. It wasn't. It didn't set the world on fire. It didn't do something crazy. It might. It might have been 
the introduction of the one that let you save in levels like but that might i think that might have been a little big planet 3 dlc or some shit like that but there it was just more little big planet which at some point how excited can you get for, for more little big planet however you can't discount how great that is and if somebody was to buy it right now and had ever played a little big planet i would like i'll oh, pick that up and take it on the go and have everything you want uh this is one of the ones we were talking about it came up i think you might actually have it on your list i don't know but we during ps4 we talked about it where depending on where you played this game that's how it shook out right i have three-fourths home on my vita list that are, oh yeah i think i'd put that on mine too honorable yeah. mention mm-hmm. thing of just like that's why i played it fucking amazing game loved it so much um axiom verges on here you know a metroidvania that i love that we <laughs> had to wait a long long time of course to get to but when we finally got it on Vita, it was great. Another one where just plane rides melting away as I'm trying to fucking figure this shit out. Um, volume I put on there too. Again, obviously a PlayStation 4 game, but definitely a game that I waited for the Vita version, and I'm happy I did. Uh, still one that I'm like halfway through because there's so many fucking stages. Yeah, volume to it. I got about halfway through as well, especially because the trophies are broken. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard about me, that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't for everybody, right? It was some weird thing. It was weird. I don't remember. I talked to, to uh, Mike, uh, Biffle. Mike Biffle about uh, what it was about what was happening with my Vita. Yeah, and they were getting it from other people, but. It wasn't a ubiquitous problem yeah. or a common problem even. and then a final honorable mention to actual sunlight i being the drum on that one pretty hard last year when we were talking around doing game of the year stuff but you know a game about being depressed and what that's like and totally living some so just issues. my life yeah pretty much a game about my life that's fun so colin do you want to begin with what your number 10 sure. pick is? number 10 down well mm. i've said this before so i don't want to beat a dead horse although i love just beating you love mammals beating anything to death yeah um Downwell is um, really frustrating and entirely skill based and skill driven with with some caveats in there about what kind of power ups you're going to get and, and, and whatnot and how you how you play the game. But I can't remember a game that I'm not very good at that. I just can't stop getting my teeth kicked in by it. Yeah, like yeah. it's just you haven't figured it out. It annoys me actually like where I'm like I, I just this game's in my head a lot like I, I play it often and I've dumped a lot of time into it this year and it's just one of those games where I'm like I can't even get more than like three fifths of the way through the game on a good day and the guy is tweeting out about how his mom beat it on hard mode and shit like that. And I'm like, why can't I play this better? You've watched the YouTube. I've videos, watched, right? I've studied YouTube videos. I'm like, I don't understand how people are playing it like this. And I've gotten just incrementally better. I think I pretty much hit my ceiling in it. I just, I'm just, but I just love it. I just think it's a really, really fantastic game. It's really pure gameplay. The, the mechanics are very unique. Uh, you're shooting down with your gun boots, but the gun boots are also acting as like a, a way to hover, but you only have a certain amount of bullets and you have to land. And the reason that until when you land, you reload. But the problem is, is that landing destroys your multiplier, which is really important for you to get gems, which are really important for you to buy upgrades and do all these kinds of things and kind of sustain your life. So really great players will play without ever landing. They'll just hop on enemies' heads, which reloads their gun, their gun, and they just never touch the ground. And there are trophies for that. I hear that, and I've never, I've never even seen it because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. But the last world is like there, you can't land. Really, and and I'm like, I, but it's so good. It's yeah. a very, very good game. And I also like the idea. Uh, I believe it's a Japanese game, and I think that it's kind of cool. You don't. I'm sure there's a thriving indie scene there, but you just don't see many indie games proliferating in the West. Um, made by a few people and this is a, one of those games and so I, I think it's cool I think some it's graphics are going to turn some people off it's very rudimentary sure. very uh, old but uh, it, it it doesn't need to be any more than it is it's, and 
I really do highly recommend it. They I, I don't think it's even the same on PS4. It's on PS4 too. I think it's way better on Vita. Well, that's what I was going to say. They even went the extra mile when we talk about Vita, right? And developers giving that thing love of adding in the ability to turn the Vita and play like with a wide screen up and down north south, which is awesome. Which Sunflowers is the only other game I can even think does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing about it. Like, uh, I'm with you. Downwell's awesome. Didn't make my list because I never got into it as much as you did. But I to- when I- it's another one that I'm terrible at. But like, I will totally pop in and play a little bit and be like, man, this is fun and it's interesting. And like, yeah, the the you know, zero to 60 how good you can get at it is pretty interesting too yeah and i i think you know to the point you're making i also think that when you when you get a little further or, or survive a little longer or do something or pop a trophy or whatever it really feels good in that game mm. like you're really that game really in my in my estimation makes you work almost more harder than almost any game i played in years in terms of like it really is there's an element of luck to it in terms of your draws and all those kinds of things because the end of at the end of every stage um, you get like one of three upgrades and you have to choose one of them um, and so you could get great upgrades and get shitty upgrades and so that you have to kind of play it that way too but um, it's grueling it's a grueling game yeah and yeah. I just I I'm really I think it's awesome I hope that they do a sequel or something um, and give us a little bit more uh, although maybe it sh- it stands alone by itself maybe that's not necessary sure yeah what else can you do to it uh, my number ten is Minecraft. Uh, for me, it was the one that this is where the promise always was. Uh, I was excited. You know, Minecraft came to PC. It's not a real game there. They're beta testing it for us. Uh, we all saw it get crazy, though, and get popular. And then when Brian and I started doing Let's Plays of it, when it came to PlayStation 3, it was like, okay, cool. But I, I kept waiting for that Vita version. The Vita version was the one that I was going to get sunk into because that's what Minecraft's about to me. And I know so many people would want to probably come out and say that it's the worst version because of draw distances and what it can do here. But I don't care. That's not why I'm playing Minecraft. I don't need to see how far out in the distance something is. I don't need to have the worlds. Obviously, the PlayStation 4 worlds and the PC worlds, right? They build up. They scale up so much higher and go so much further out. But for me, those games are about seeing nothing, just seeing a blank slate and going in and burrowing into the wall and making your thing. It's like the power of sitting there and... I remember day after day on the Muni playing that game where it was like, okay, cool. Like I've, you know, I set up this little thing here and I, I already imported in my, I've been sending back and forth my PS3 world. My, you know, I'm, this is my primary world now. I'm doing all this stuff. And so I'm going to go in here. I'm going to mine all this stuff. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to make stone. And then like there was a week I spent just making a high rise where I, like, I would just turn it on, go in there, do it, build it up, build it up, make my staircase, count it out the same way, go make glass, put in the glass, keep going up. And like the weird weird satisfaction that comes with that of not like enemies weren't a problem right i was going to sleep so i'm dodging all the things that are really out to kill me and i was just there to build and inhabit this world but i felt like i was having an impact on it and i was building it around me obviously but then on the same in the same breath i'm building this very very fucking small spot on the map and like if i if i go out northeast whatever i'm gonna find something completely different and not be where i am where i feel like i'm Lord of the Manor, you know what I mean? Like I know everything here, and, I, and so that, to have that ability at your fingertips any time of, I'm sick of building this castle or I'm, this high rise. I'm gonna just go out and do it again somewhere else, and wander out and find a different locale, and like you know, burrow all the way into the ground and to hit bedrock and find all the coal and do it. Like Minecraft's one of those games that. I'm glad it finally got to us, if that makes sense. I was never going to, you know, really play it on PC. It's just an awkward control scheme for me. And I'd seen people having fun with it, but you don't get it. It's like VR to an extent, mm. if you have those tendencies uh, for that kind of gameplay of getting in there and actually getting your feet wet and like, holy shit, like, I mean, I'm still, and that's the thing is, uh, of all the hours I've put into Minecraft, I'm still such a Minecraft novice, right? Like, I don't use minecarts and I don't ever use redstone and like all the things, every 
fucking seven year old on an iPad knows how to do and do all this stuff. I don't, but I don't need to, and I don't want to necessarily, right? Like I like the little world I build mm. and I like the little creation. And I love the fact that with Vita, it's there anytime I want it, anytime I need it. Cause it is one of those that I won't play for months and I'll just jump back in and go tool around for and like, okay, now I'm going to make a bunch of chests and lay them all out here, but burn, you know, uh, dig them into the walls and do these different things. And then, okay, now I'm going to make paintings and put them up on the wall and just decorate this fucking thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Minecraft never spoke to me, but, um, it was funny cause I was watching you play Stardew Valley on ps4 last night and and i was just the same kind of vibe where i'm like i i I mean it's an interesting game and i'm like and i like actually like harvest moon but like i'm like what is our fascination collectively with these games that make you do these menial fucking shit sure i just don't like i'm not judging it because i i I get sucked into that stuff too but i'm like this is kind of a strange thing where it's like you want to be a farmer yeah i guess uh, go ahead and plant some leeks over here or whatever parsnips clean up all your clean up your yard (laughs) all right fine fuck well minecraft's the same way where but i mean there's something to the ownership of that where you can go in and it looks overgrown and it's this, but I chopped down all the trees and then I, you know, I rather than just have fucking crap stone, I'm going through and making fine stone and putting that in there. You got to have the fine stone. You know what I'm talking about? Number nine, freedom wars. Mm. Um, a lot of interesting memories are tied to freedom wars for me. I, that game came out around the time when we were quitting, um, our old job. Yep. And, uh, it has so it has loaded meaning for me in that respect. I, I remember that being like one of the last big reviews I did, and uh, it's also the last big AAA game that ever came to Vita. Um, and I'm proud that I identified that game early. I, I've always taken a lot of pride in being, and I know you do too, it being a tastemaker in the PlayStation ecosystem and the games that we identified. I think earlier than anyone or tried to steer people towards, um, whether it's uh, Nino Kuni or Catherine or whatever these games are that I, I tried to say like hey maybe or dragon's crown whatever like where i'm like this game's worth your time and these games didn't b- blow up but i i like the idea that someone out there played it because i really insisted that they should try and i think freedom wars was the last example of that for both of us at ign yeah we both um, bang the drum hard on and freedom wars. and uh i think that the game is really special and really good mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. mechanically i don't think it's anything to write home about i think i think um in the same vein as like god eater or soul sacrifice or whatever fucking game out there where you're beating up massive enemies um there's not too much to 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 it in that respect i mean there's more to where there's guns and there's melee combat and all that kind of stuff and leveling up building all your shit changing your outfits but it's the whole ecosystem and like that world um the prison sentences and all that kind of stuff i think i think the whole metagame is actually just as cool as playing it itself and there's like there's a good reason other than like oh like i never understood games where it's like the loot grind is fun this is why i play mmos because i want loot and i'm like or destiny or whatever i'm like who gives a fuck yeah um to each his own but i'm like that doesn't speak to me what spoke to me in freedom wars was yeah i was getting better weapons and better gear and able to craft better things and attract better talent to my team or whatever the fuck it was that you were doing like but if like manufacturing and all that kind of stuff but at the same time i'm like i'm whittling down this prison sentence i'm earning i'm earning uh currency i'm i'm earning a right to go to more places and like mm-hmm. gain my freedom slowly and i think that the, the metagame was really cool and, like you run too much before you get your pa- your code for it. you get more years added to your sentence right exactly yeah. it's it's a clever and i think a cheeky kind of game and i i i like it i love freedom wars me too i'll talk about it later on uh my number nine is hotline miami this is another one, right, that came to every platform under the sun. And when it got to Vita, I feel like that's where it was meant to be for the most part. Like, it controlled so well. And it worked in a way that Hotline Miami 2 didn't, right? Like, I, I, did you play a lot of Hotline Miami 2? No, the, the second one I was so excited for. And then I could beat the first one. But then yeah. I never... I never Hotline Miami 2, it was something different about, like, I felt like they were giving you too many open environments and giving you too much space. Hotline Miami 1 was very 
not linear, but limited. And you could kind of get a really good grasp of what was happening. And of course, before they fixed controller support, when you try to play, I remember at game of the year, somebody was like, oh, Hotline Miami is awesome. Try to play it on, and they gave us a PC. And it's like so cumbersome to control, but Vita made it work so easy and be able to pull and look to the side and see what was around. That was another game where it was just like the never ending gobstopper of I just never wanted it to end because every time I'd pop in, you know, one flight could be one map of like, how do I figure this out? What do I do? What, how is that guy going to react when I come in this room? Can I throw this at that guy? Do all these different things and trying to figure out your strategy for this game that is. Uh, you know, we're, t- we're making fun of Lara Croft Go in the beginning. This is about dying, go again, dying, go again. De- you dead, die, die, die. Figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Like that, making it where I didn't feel like, you know, in Lara Croft when you're playing on Vita and there's these load times, it is like, fuck, I just reloaded this map. So let's sit here and actually plan it out in my head. Whereas Hotline Miami was very much, let's jump in and just go. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it was very trial and error. That's a good one that I kind of, I maybe should have been an honorable mention on mine. I really did like Hotline Miami. What I remember most is the guy that made the game coming to our studio or to the office at IGN. He had a Mega Man 3 tattoo. Yeah. uh, Which I thought was awesome. But uh, it was one of those games that you heard a lot about from the PC crowd that year in 2012. And and, uh, it really was, I think, made for the Vita. I really, I know that that's hyperbolic to a lot of people, but that game belongs on Vita. Yeah. Um, And uh, so I agree with you. I think that's a good choice. Thank you, Colin. What's number eight for you? Number eight, Killzone Mercenary. Ah. I know that was one of your um, honorable mentions. Uh, Killzone pound for pound, with the exception of maybe Uncharted, and I say maybe, I think it could be it can go either way, is probably the most AAA game on on, on the Vita. Mm-hmm. And and not uh, just AAA for AAA's sake. I think that Guerrilla Cambridge did a really nice job with Killzone of, of migrating what I really consider to be a franchise that's somewhat middling in PlayStation uh, or for PlayStation. I know that there are diehard Killzone fans and I really started to come around ironically with Shadowfall and Mercenary, which I know are games that with Shadowfall, a lot of people didn't like and Mercenary, a lot of people didn't play. Um, but I think that that's where Killzone really hit its stride and why I hope that Gorilla um, Comes makes back. another one. Yeah. Um, not for, it's not gonna happen on Vita, but uh, you know, Killzone I think has a future and I think Mercenary combined with Shadowfall's open-endedness and non-linearity to a degree is the perfect fusion for what Killzone could and should be. Worlds that are not too open, but open. Worlds that give you different ways to do things, but not too many different ways to do things. Combined with the currency of Mercenary, of the fact that everything you do, everyone you kill in single-player or multiplayer is combining to make, give you a better arsenal and yeah, unlock to things. go through and get the best unlockables possible, target weapons you wanted. That was great. Mm-hmm. I think that similar to Freedom Wars, the metagame is where it's at with Mercenary, and I think that it worked really well in Vita, and it's a shame... People loved it and it did well, I think. But it's a shame that it a didn't ship in better shape because the patch ended up being bigger than the game, yep, which that is incredible. Was up, especially with how and, small memory cards, right? Were. Exactly. If you had a four gigabyte memory card, even with the card in the game and not download, you couldn't play it. Um, so there was they mismanaged that game, and I think that that's sad and too bad. It, was, it, it wasn't going to matter. It wasn't going to change the tra- trajectory of Vita. But Mercenary is one of those games where I'm like, I should go back and play that again. Mm. Like that's one of those games where I'm like, that was really actually very good. Yeah. And um, we needed that. Because we had Call of Duty, which was terrible, and we had <laughs> that was made in probably six months, yeah. and that's not high, that's not an exaggeration. Um, and Resistance Burning Skies from the same studio made again in probably six or eight months. Hmm. The more I think back about Nihilistic, which doesn't exist anymore, the more I think about like, well, they kind of did get the short end of the stick. I don't know how you're supposed to make these games that quickly. Sure. Um, but we needed a first person shooter, and I remember the promise of Vita originally when it was still about console quality gaming on the go and about a triple a experience was that like Dual that sticks. was the that was the genre i love shooters yeah and that was the genre i was like this genre could work so well here 
and they just fucked it up except for one experience and that was kill zone where i was like this is this is fantastic they really got it's a bravado gorilla cambridge uh they've since made rigs uh, on vr and my hope is that they swing back to kill zone and make a ps4 kill zone game as horizon 2 undoubtedly i think enters development at gorilla prime so um so kill zone mercenary number eight okay my number eight's bastion uh super giant this is another one where how do you want to do this right is it i mean it came into xbox 360 years before but i can't take away from how great bastion is and not to mention but this was the thing i i didn't even know it when i did it right and it's it goes back to trophies and achievements i think where bastion i played on 360 and i was like man that was so much fun i loved that experience i don't know if i want to go through it again whereas bastion on vita i beat and immediately started my new game plus right i wanted to get back in and i wanted to see the different sides Mm -hmm. of it and it's one of those games sadly that i got distracted from but it's one of those games that still sits on my my screen because i'm legitimately going to go back to it right like the vita pipeline is slowing down at least with quality and like that's when it's going to be like okay cool I need to finish volume and I want a platinum bastion and I want to go back and do all these different things with these games and bastion continues to be that game that speaks to me both in terms of visuals storytelling voice acting and the fact that they didn't miss a step so many games like this do get brought over from uh, PlayStation uh, 3 or 4 come to Vita and there's something wrong with them the load times don't do this Bastion's phenomenal it's still the phenomenal game and I think arguably might be more immersive that way if you have really great headphones and you're sitting there staring at it as you play like you're getting the story told to you and like you've played a little bit of it right I, I played most of it yeah. and you go through like you know the, that fucking voice of the narrator t- talking about what you're doing as you do it telling you the story and then to go back and see the little and there's challenge rooms and there's it's just like this is a game, especially challenge rooms, especially the upgrades, especially this that I want with me when I'm when I'm in that mode, when I'm playing Bastion, I don't there's so many console games that I don't like checking out of. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing this, but now I'm going to go off and I'm going on a trip or I'm doing this. I'm just working, sure. having that ability to pop in. And even if it is, I just want to you know, go to the crossbow range and fuck around. It's great. Number seven, severed. Mm. Um, this comes from Drinkbox. We were talking about them before. They do guacamole. They did mutant blobs working on something now, hopefully Guacamelee 2, which I think would be smart. Uh, Severed was made for Vita. And the the and that's literal. That's not a figurative thing. They made this game for Vita because Drinkbox was really one of the earliest and most vocal proponents of Vita and the success you can find on Vita with a small audience. And, I, and I've brought it up before, but I'll never forget their GDC talk when they were talking about why putting games on iOS is a waste because uh, they can make a game like Severed for iOS and sell a fraction of what they would sell on Vita, even though the Vita's population of gamers is much smaller and they'd make more money there. Um, and so Severed was them putting their money where their mouth is at a very dangerous time. That game came out in the spring of 2016. Yeah, that's not... The- that's the thing. I mean, for hist- history purposes, they announced they're doing severed and Vita is people are already fleeing the Vita. Developers are already fleeing. Sony is leaving the Vita behind, let alone to continue to work. And then, yeah, release it in the spring of 2016 this year as we're recording this mm. crazy and unfounded. But like every time you went to PAX, every time you went to a PSX, their booths were swarming with people wanting to play it. Yep. Severed, I think, is a, you know, so for people that don't know, Severed is a first person dungeon crawler um, in the same vein of Shadowgate and other games that you might have played when you were younger. And those games actually do proliferate in a much hard more hardcore way uh on vita to this day i mean there's a fucking million of those games on vita if you're into them but they're way more hardcore than severed severed is all about uh the mechanics of severing enemies limbs and using them to create new goods and you're exploring a map that is pretty rudimentary and the game can be beaten in 100 in like six or seven hours you can get the platinum trophy pretty easily i think that the game if you like the art style of guacamole same art yeah. They're not tied together, which I think is strange, and I think that they miss an opportunity there simply for some sort of fusion between yeah. the two worlds because I think they could have sold games that way. Um, 
because it looks like guacamole um, in terms of its cutscene art. But uh, the mechanics, I think, are, are fun. They're not too deep, but there's a certain difficult parts of the game. And I find it, I found it just incredibly satisfying. When I was finished with Severed, I remember I finished Severed right before I went to Off the Grid, which is a thing in San Francisco that happens during the nice months uh, where the food trucks congregate in these beautiful areas and you go and eat and you, you drink and you, you smoke and you hang out or whatever you want to do. And uh, I beat it right before I went to one of those things. And it was on my mind for a long time. And I really, really loved it. Um, and it's not one of those games. I don't want to just I don't want to just talk about Drinkbox and just pat them on the back for doing it because we're such Vita fans. But they do deserve the credit. They really did make a Vita exclusive, like we said, this year. And it did pretty well, I think. And it's since been ported to Wii U and yeah, iOS yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But Vita is where it's at. They made it for us and it, they really delivered. And they took 100%. extra time with it, too. They didn't have to. The game was supposed to come out earlier and they they did hold it. Um, it was supposed to come out in 2015. So um, really great game. And uh, it's a must play. It really is a must play. And you can be done with it. If you download it one morning and you have off, you can be done with it by dinner. You know? Yeah, it's something special. It's on my list. So I'll save my praise for when we get there. Uh, my number seven is Helldivers, which is, I think, an interesting pick for me because... I fucking loved Helldivers enough that when it ate my save once, I went back and replayed it. And when it ate it again, I think that's when I tapped out. But I have since then tried to get back into it. But it's so heartbreaking to know how much I lost. But it's that normal thing with us where we're in the the 1%. You know, we always have these problems with games, whether it be something from Housemark or whether it be something from Helldivers, where it seems like it's because we have 2,000 friends or because we're moving our saves around 15 different things that no one else I ever really talked to had these problems, right? And I think even if they did, you can't look past how great Helldivers was and is to this point. I mean, I remember when we first got it, and I remember actually when it got announced and you played it somewhere and you're like, the game's fucking hard. Like I played you, it in Germany. Yeah. You get shot, you can shoot your own people and they die right there and it's like... and it, it's it was kind of, What I said was, it was comically hard. And that was the thing of like I was like you usually crave and yearn for hard games like a Mega Man or something where you're gonna you know learn to play it wrap your head around it figure out the boss order go out and do that have you know precise platforming and that's usually a turn off for me I don't like being frustrated like I say and it wasn't until I not even, I think I played it at an event I was like all right there's something here but then we did a let's play when it first came out on PlayStation 4 all four of us and then then it all made sense it all clicked when you're like it's comically hard where we're running around and Nick blew himself up and then Nick respawned and we shot him again and like you know what I mean you're running around and these bugs are coming at you and you're blowing them up and getting on the thing and going and it was like that was all cool playing with other people but you know that's not really what our lives are so then to go and start playing it on Vita on planes and feel like oh fuck this is third person destiny on my Vita. This that's exactly what this is. I'm going through, I'm earning new gear. I'm getting stronger. I'm taking on harder missions. I'm getting more rewards. I'm grinding these missions, but not in an annoying sense to level up so that I can get a better walker or I can get my first walker or I can get this invisibility. Like there were so many cool things and it really felt like when, why it was so heartbreaking for me is that I was building my character out to be the specific kind of warrior I wanted that would let me then infiltrate these harder missions. And it did until things would get fucked up for me, but I can't even, with the sad ending, and I think that game's life with me cut short by that that bug that I had. I think because of my friends list, I can't take away from all those hours I spent playing that and being in fucking love with that game and how much fun it was. Yeah, I think Arrowhead did a really nice job with that game, yeah. and, and it was one of those games. Oh God, I want to say I played it in at Gamescom in 2013 before the PS4 came out. I played it on PS3, and uh, it was the same time I had seen Resogun for the first time. And I remember coming back and being like, Resogun's clearly going to be huge, but this game is. Um, and I was so shocked by how no one was talking about Resogun, which is another honorable mention on Vita. I can't believe they made it work on Vita. Yeah. Uh, 
because I said that it would never work on Vita, and it and it and it, it it's not the same game. To your but, argument, I was gonna say it's a different game. They didn't have the voxels and like the little things and shit. Falling. So it was obvious when I saw Resogun. I'm like, I can't believe no one's talking about this. This game's gonna be fucking huge, and it was it's awesome, and and we knew that. But Helldivers is one of those games where I saw it, and I'm like, I feel like this game's got a credible amount of potential. Uh, the problem I think with that particular game was that they didn't shit and get off the pot quick enough mm-hmm. with it, and I think that it marinated a little too long and i also think that and, and they needed it. i mean i'm not saying that they took too much time but i remember that there was ex- i remember when i wrote about it there was a lot of excitement then there was a huge lull and then the excitement came back again but then it came out at a time when ps the, the ps4 because this game was played by most people on ps4 yeah and the ecosystem there was too uh complicated and crowded for people to give this game i think the chance it probably deserved and i assume the same thing happened on vita to a lesser extent so um I mean, they kept supporting it. People still play it. I mean, they put out that, uh, you know, special edition later on with all the DLC in there, and that actually saw a big boost to it. And I think, ha- has it been a PlayStation Plus yet game? Uh, I don't, I don't it know. Might if it's been the, it might have just been the re-release that got a lot of people back into it, because I remember there was a quick moment where everybody was playing it again. I could be wrong about this, but I do believe that this is one of the first, if not the first, Sony computer entertainment published game mm, to come to PC. PC. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think was a smart move for that. I don't know if it worked out or not, but that game is so that game's got PC bonafide. So, um, yeah, good choice. Yeah, number six, uh, Velocity Ultra, uh, Future Lab game. Yep. I brought it up before because Velocity Two X was the sequel. I think Velocity Ultra is one of the most f- pure fun games on Vita, and for people that haven't played it, it's uh, top down and you're a spaceship and you're basically just trying to get to the top of the screen, but the idea is that the time is going and you're rated for how quickly you go and how many things you kill and being a completionist so you can accelerate the movement of the screen to make yourself go faster i think by holding down the r trigger or something like that so basically what and your ship can teleport so you run into these barriers and you teleport to the next opening and so on and so forth um and by the time you get really good at the game you're like it's like looking at the it's like the matrix it's like it's it's an, an insane how good you have to be to get the platinum trophy in that game and and did that yeah i did and that game is on a skill level, the hardest platinum I have. Wow. Like it's it like it is incredibly difficult. It was one of those games where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Like the 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 at the to get platinum ratings on the last few stages is fucking really hard. Like you can't mess up at all. And these stages are long. Minutes long sometimes. Yeah. You know, and uh really, really, really special game. I really feel like this is the kind of game that Vita should have and could have and did do best which was a game that I don't know if I would want to play on the screen. In fact, I remember playing Velocity 2X because they brought it to PS4 and Vita and then later to Xbox One at Future Lab and they showed it to me on PS4 and I remember them coming into IGN to show it to me and I'm, I wasn't playing it quite as well as I usually play. And I'm like, I'm better than this. Real yeah, and I'm like, I can't pay attention to the whole screen. Like, yeah. this is not made for a PS4. It's like when you talk to people who are who are like, competitively like playing multiplayer first person shooters and like Scott Lowe was always one right Scott Lowe has this giant TV in his living room but when he wanted to play Call of Duty on another level he went into the kitchen where they had like a like a 30 inch monitor because he could just see everything better and even I mean not don't get me wrong like I had those skills of chops but I always remember enjoying Titanfall more with Alfredo when I was playing in the capture bays on those little TVs and when I go home with the bigger picture it was a different feel there was more screen yeah it's hard it's hard to keep track of that real estate yeah so I think Velocity Ultra um, Future Lab again was one of the early and passionate supporters of Vita and they're not only on this list because of that but they deserve a lot of credit I met those guys a lot they used to come see me a lot in IGN they were there in the they're in the UK but they'd be in, the, in San Francisco like pretty often so I used to go to lunch with them and stuff and they were real passionate about it. they knew what made a good game and uh, 
I don't know what they're doing now. I don't know what's happened to them. Uh, but after Velocity 2X, but uh, I can't wait to see what they have. They come up with next because I really do think that, that there was a special sauce in there. And again, Velocity 2X was a great idea, and it's still a great game. But it's not as good as Velocity Ultra because I think it's one of those things where it's like we tr- you try to you try to. Um, you're like, I have to innovate in some way. It's a sequel. And I don't want to be knocked for feeling like the exact same experience. So let's put a new mechanic into it, a new setting. And it was cool because what basically happened is you'd park your ship and then she would get out as a female pilot and she would run around in a side scroller and then you'd be jumping around and teleporting and shooting things and stuff like that. Then you get back in the ship and go. And I'm like, that's a cool idea, but it, it, it didn't capture me the way Velocity Ultra did. Gotcha. My number six is Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy, another jump over from the PC that I remember people talking about and putting it for Game of the Year at PC and playing it on my PC when we needed to to talk about it. I was like, okay, cool. I, this seems neat, but whatever. And then when it came to Vita and it was that, all right, I'm invested in this and I'm playing hour after hour. That That's like one of those rare things I remember of uh, going out at night and like I knew there'd be like downtime and not even like on a, I wasn't taking a train like Ubering somewhere, but I knew I'd be sitting for a while like waiting for a, a movie to start and I would bring that with me because it was so good in those bite sized experiences. And you talk again about, you know, it's a it's a it's a rogue game, a roguelike game or whatever you're coming back. The goofy shit of like your character is having these genetic traits, right? So he's colorblind or he can't, he, you know, he's vulnerable to this or he's afraid of spiders. So he'd see more spiders. That was a funny thing. But for me, really, it was coming back with your, all right, I've died. I'm going to spend the money I earned, come back and be a little bit better, a little bit better and a little bit better. And finally where it turns where I, I, I remember, I'll never forget playing that and having a great run and being like, oh shit, I'm powerful. Like I understand how to attack certain enemies now, let alone the fact that I'm, I have more health or I've done more. I forget how, what I was upgrading, but I have more abilities, but I also understand the game now. And so I'm coming in no longer like I'm going to die in the first five seconds and I'm going to go five minutes and then I'm going to go further and then I'm going to, you know, do the bosses and then I'm going to go chase this down. It was rewarding and it was exciting and it's colorful and it's fun. And it, kept me entertained every way and that's the whole thing with these procedural procedural generated worlds you know that you, we, that you talk about that works so well with vita right when you're talking about binding of isaac or spelunky or something like that there's something to getting in there and knowing the mechanics but having it be different every time and making that then bite size and going through and why that works so well on a handheld yeah i think well rogue legacy is my number five game so that, gotcha. that, that would be next and i i think that um the experience itself worked and, and was tailored properly to Vita, I think, which can't be understated. But I also think that it understood what makes roguelikes the most playable and the most interesting. The the, the my problem with the roguelike genre is it's proliferated a lot and there are there are big examples of these kinds of games. Like so um Binding of Isaac, I think, is is fine. But I also look at it and I'm like it's obtuse and that's not what makes roguelikes fun. Sure. And then I look at a roguelike like enter the gungeon and I'm like, this is fun, but you're not getting any more powerful. You're not going anywhere. This doesn't understand what makes roguelikes fun. Then I look at nuclear throne and I'm like, this is a fun game, but it it doesn't have the, the hook that some of the best, best roguelikes have. It doesn't quite understand rogue legacy understood everything that made that made the game great from the mechanics it felt perfect yep. to the extremely deep upgrade systems i mean these are incredibly deep and significant minutiae in these games and you really had to use your coin properly like you really couldn't get crazy with the way you're upgrading it was very incremental and very slow especially if you weren't very good at the game which a lot of people weren't um and then there's a whole it has the whole like ghosts and goblins like just do it again yep uh and uh kind of thing where it's like you didn't beat it the first time you actually beat it the second time and I, I think Rogue Legacy is really one of the the perfect Vita games. Agreed, man. Really, really, really good game. And uh, I 
I don't know anything about that team, but I, my hope is that there's a sequel. Like God, that, that game, that. that game has to have a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I doubt it will be on Vita. But that's the thing about it, where you're, we talk about. Yeah, you know, you just talk about Nuclear Throne. You talk about uh, Bonnie Vizek, Spelunky. Rogue, uh, Rogue Legacy was so good that it honestly ruined a lot of those for me where people really love them and I get in I'm like oh but I want it to be like that I want another experience exactly. like that exactly yeah and that was a big problem with me with like nuclear throne I think got the closest to uh being really awesome for me yeah. I think that game's really fun and it's hard as hell enter the gungeon was one of those things where I'm like I like this game but again I kept thinking of rogue legacy where yep. I'm like I'm not there's no reason for me to keep playing this because when I die and I came out I was like where can I can I get uh, there was like a coin counter up here I'm like was that and I look up online I'm like that's not gonna do what I want it to do yeah like basically you're getting a new items that will randomly generate yeah and I'm exactly. like but that's not fun like I want to make my character stronger and so you're right rogue legacy was a big spoiler yeah uh, because it did it so much better than everyone else and binding of Isaac is a different kind of game and I like what it is but again I don't like obtuse games for obtuse, like just, just, to, be to, obtuse, just yeah. to be obtuse. It's the reason why Hyper Light Drifter, I was like, nope. You know, like I, like I played it for an hour and I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm 32 <laughs> years old. I have a million games to play and I don't have time for this fucking abstract shit right now. Like, tell me what the hell is going on and what you want me to do and I'll do it. Yeah. But so that's just my own personal preference. And I feel like Rogue Legacy just understood. Yep. Uh, my number five, since Rogue Legacy is your number five, is Uncharted Golden Abyss. Uh, a criminally underplayed Uncharted. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. We talk about it all the time, you know, both uh, on podcasts and just bullshitting around of like, better than Drake's Fortune. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely is. I think if in terms of critiques, right, like my, own, my only problem with it is I think it was a little too long. I think it was long in the tooth where it did feel like, all right, we, we, we should be wrapping up by now, Nate, but whatever. But still, it was... It was it was an uncharted game and it wasn't uncharted on the handheld and it did it you know introduces uh, Miranda it inter- it has a younger Sully so we're getting this more relationship backstory that we needed I felt thought in that term of like caring more and more about these people and it felt like it fit it felt like an uncharted game and it felt like a handheld uncharted game and you didn't have to use the touchscreen bullshit to like when you wanted to trace things down you did have to rub for charcoal. But and, put the, I, and put it in front of the light. And, I was going to get to that. Mm. I liked the charcoal rubbing. I thought that was fine. Whatever. It didn't annoy me. But then, yeah, the light thing that was like super. I was on a plane when I did that. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I remember playing in bed at one point and it came up and I was like, fuck. And I turned on the flashlight on my phone and like held it. But even then it was like it had to hit in a very specific way. Otherwise, it didn't do it. Like, that's dumb. But you could look past it all because you're having fun. You're playing Uncharted. Didn't need that black market bullshit. Yeah, that was so Golden Abyss was um, the first Vita game I bought. I bought it at the Japanese version when we imported our Vitas in. And I was actually quite astonished by how good it was. And it showed so much promise of what we could have gotten on Vita if things just went a little differently. Yeah. And that's really one of the sad things about it is I don't think we need a game like Uncharted. I don't I I thought that that's what I wanted for a couple years. And then I realized it's not what I wanted. So I I don't think we're any worse for the wear for not getting these triple A bonafide first party experiences like we got with with golden abyss but it is a, a, a it is a stamp in time of like this is what we thought and this is what sony thought vita was going to be yeah and it was the proving ground for it and it's a launch game and it's still one of the great vita games and and i think that you know bend for for all of the shit we give them in terms of like where is how long is it gonna take you to make another game yeah uh, they still haven't released another game this is their last game so we're talking about 2011 december 2011 this game came out in japan it was done in the fall of 2011 and they still are not done with their next game so yeah we we give them shit i think rightfully so in that regard but uncharted is uh i agree better than drake's fortune definitively better than drake's fortune and um played really well and and i do agree that it was really long and i think that it was very gimmicky and experimented with a lot of things but that's that's the nature i mean we talk about little deviance in these games i mean these are the games that like you have to 
or escape plan where like you're trying to use the device the way that they wanted to use it. And we realized quickly that that's not really fun, but yeah, um, I really liked it a lot. And, uh, Part of me is sad that it never got ported anywhere because people mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. Part of me is thrilled that it never got ported because it is like one of Vita's stars. Like it's it's, it's you have to play it on Vita. I, I think that they probably wanted to and tried to port it to PlayStation 3 at some point. But, um, you know, who knows? And I feel like it's kind of cool that it's like you have to have a Vita to play this canon installment in the in the in the Uncharted franchise. That yeah. is actually a bridge between two games and actually um, is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four we're on? Yeah, you're number four. Uh, Guacamelee. Ah. Uh, so we talked about Severed. We're going to talk about Guacamelee now, another drink box game. Guacamelee is one of those games where I remember them coming to show it to me when I ran IGN PlayStation, and I was floored. And I remember the, my one... I had two complaints. Uh, one was like, you originally you had to control it with the analog stick. They fixed that. It's because your boy Colin. Number two is so you could use the D-pad, which is natural for those kinds of games. But again, when you're developing a game for so long, you don't you, you lose the forest with the trees. The second thing is, is that I thought the combat wasn't good. And then when I really sat down and th- played with it, I'm like, oh, I was totally wrong. Actually, the <laughs> combat's really great. Guacamelee is a great uh, Metroidvania uh, game with a Mexican theme, which I think is unique and novel. And uh, it's the polarity of the the undead world and the real world. And all. there's just a lot of great meat on that bone. And similar to Severed, um, you could play it in a day. And I, I think that it's just super fun and super rewarding and super intuitive and uh, clever. The characters are interesting. This game's begging for a sequel, and I, I don't know what they're thinking like about not doing it yet. Like I, 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 I fear for them that they've waited too long. Mm. And maybe not, uh, but my hope is that they're making a sequel because Guacamelee is really a special game. And, and whether you play it on PS3, whether you play it on Vita, whether you play it on PS4, Xbox One, whatever, you got to play it. That's the thing. I agree with you. Yeah, it's a special game. And I wonder if they, if it feels like they've waited too long because we're Vita guys, but Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition or whatever, I think that was what it was called. That came out after the Vita version. 2014. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not in the grand scheme of things. It hasn't been that long if that's where you played it. I'm sure a majority probably played it there, you think, when it got to real consoles and started doing all that stuff. But yeah, that was a special Vita game. And those guys get it. You know what I mean? And they have since the launch of the Vita and even beyond that, honestly, with the pub fund and everything else they've done. Great studio. Yeah. And Sony's smart to identify them too. Yeah. Uh, For their part, we should on Sony a lot, but obviously they they did identify these guys as key players um, in the, the indie support of their ecosystem not just vita yeah uh my number four is luminous electronic symphony uh i was a huge luminous fan to begin with off of the psp versions and when they announced they were putting one out for vita at launch you're like okay cool let's see what it is i still stand by it's one of the few games where the back touch wasn't annoying to me you know what i mean it actually added a dimension to gameplay it was key to getting really high scores i remember you know playing that and when it was panda musk had come to visit and a whole bunch of other people were visiting oh they might have been here for shit whatever beyond that would have been uh was it 300 maybe i don't remember what what, there would have there was a live event that we were involved with that i think was a beyond that uh was right after the launch of the vita so it's somewhere in that anyways anyways i remember being at a bar and having like they were talking about high scores and i mentioned mine nobody believed me so i had to show them how i was doing it and they didn't understand to use the back touch they didn't know how to do this thing and like for me you know, we have this Tetris rival. We ham up. We both just love Tetris. Like Luminous is like the puzzle game I love the most. And there's something about it where 
when it's working, when you're in those late games and like the way it ebbs and flows, where it's not just constantly getting harder and getting faster. That happens, but then all of a sudden it'll slow down and it's with the music mm-hmm. and there's another level set here that isn't like that. Going through and playing that was fantastic. Going through and playing it and, ha- and like for me not being you know good at a lot of online games or something like that. Going through and playing a game like Luminous where I was chasing high scores and it was they. This is when you know you're thinking about the Vita. You're trying to think about it as a launch system. As it's going to be AAA. It's going to be another console. It's going to be a pillar. So to be syncing online and seeing what Dale North was doing and he was you know him and I were battling back and forth with James Milky over in Japan working on the game like cackling and watching us fight each other and do these different things like that was a cool experience and that was a cool thing to see with not only a handheld but a new game and a game that was awesome a great puzzle game that came out and everybody really fucking enjoyed uh number three for me is uh uh gold abyss gotcha so we don't talk about that sure number three for me severed uh, I, I was, you know, I echo everything you said, right? Severed is an amazing game. Uh, it was a story that I thought was really well, but it was a world that I loved and I loved the world. The one thing you talked about is, you know, it's not that hard. You can get through in a day. I loved that because I didn't want to, I love seeing the mouth on the wall and not knowing what it meant, but knowing I'll get back to it and how great the map was at tracking it. It wasn't like I was going to be afraid. Yeah, that, that was special. That, you know what I mean? You never lost it. Yeah. And that was the thing of like, yeah, it was, it wasn't hard, but it wasn't so easy that it wasn't a challenging it was this mix of like i'm gonna get back to you later and i know i'm going to and that would be the thing you've unlocked this new power go here to continue the story fuck the story i'm gonna go back to every world and find everything and like some of those things of trying to figure out how you know like you're looking it sounds so simple because you can't look up or down of like looking around like the solutions in this room how do you do Mm -hmm. it and then see something through a window and the other thing or see just something out of place up here to tap and break it was like yeah very clever design yeah sever's awesome two uh, Danganronpa trigger happy uh. havoc. Um, I really don't think people understand how good this game is and, and how, um, dynamic and special it is in a, in a console admitted admittedly with, or a handheld with lots of visual novels. Um, I'm sure people will be mad that virtues last rewards on here or whatever, um, or whatever the fucking one I came out just earlier this year, but the, uh, Danganronpa is just so Japanese and so strange and so dynamic and so interesting um, that I think that it's so awesome that that Vita got to experience these before. Like this is one of the I think Vita's great draws was the was this series, um, and it's since been on PC and it's coming to PS4 and all that kind of stuff. And obviously Danganronpa three is going to be on PS4 and Vita, so they're still going to support it. But um, and it'll probably be I assume one of the last Vita games. Um, of, of huge consequence sure uh but what's cool about it is obviously monokuma is a great character and an interesting character and a deeper character than i think a lot of people know like just from the outside because he's just he's insane and uh he's also a teddy bear um and he's also a robot so there's a lot of different well, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things there but um what's funny about it is that it has this awesome juxtaposition and int- an intentional one of uh weird teddy bear and these characters these kids these high school kids that are all really good at random things like the best swimmer and the best blah blah you know yeah the ultimate they call them ultimate students and your character is like just mediocre ultimate average yeah like and uh the story for people that don't know is basically like hope's peak academy is like this prestigious japanese school and they're all trapped there by monokuma and the only way out is for them to kill each other but one of them has to kill someone else and get away with it so that's what the whole, the whole, all of Danganronpa is about that. The second one's about that. The third one's going to be about that, about a murder mystery where you're packed in with all these people. Someone has to kill someone. 
And so at some point someone does, and then you investigate the scene. There's one less person. And then there's like a trial. And so the game is like a visual novel with Phoenix Wright added to it. And I'm a huge Phoenix Wright fan. I fucking love Phoenix Wright, which is something a lot of people don't know about me. I, I, I love those first three Phoenix Wright games. I think they're excellent. And so there's a lot of interesting shit to do in the game because you're uh, developing relationships with people that are optional, kind of like Persona or something like that, where uh, you only have a certain amount of time uh, between when Monokuma is going to ask you to do something crazy. So you have to decide what you, who you're going to spend your time with and who you're going to nurture these relationships with. Those people can die at any moment. So you might be nurturing the wrong relationships. And you only know that the second and third time you're playing the game. And the class trials are cool because they force you to really pay close attention to what's going on similar to Phoenix Wright. So um, I like the story element of it. I like the characters, even though, and again, it's super Japanese and super weird. And it's, I get that that's going to be a turnoff to some people, but Danganronpa is really, really excellent. And that first Danganronpa game is just phenomenal. And um, I think the second one to a lot of people is going to be indistinguishable from the first one. I just feel like that was the one that struck me because that was the first one I played. And yeah, I, and I, I didn't experience. know what I was going to, you know, I remember NIS because I have a great relationship with NIS and I used to take all their games because I was just interested in what they were doing. And I felt like that was an untapped uh, segment of PlayStation gamers on, on big sites like IGN. They typically weren't writing about these games. And so I did. That was a game that I wrote a lot about. And um, I was pleasantly surprised. And I'm, I'm so, so excited for the third one. I, I just... I got to get back to the second one. I want to play the first one again. I think I'm when they come to PS4, I'll just play them again. Um, did you ever plat? Did you platinum? No, very hard to platinum. Okay, very very hard, uh, very time consuming. Um, but yeah, you got to give a shot to Danganronpa. And Monokuma is my dude. Uh, this is where you talk about for my number two and my number one. This could change on any given day, kind of thing. But uh, my number two, I'm putting is uh, Persona Four Golden here. Um. I mean, what can you say about Persona for Golden that hasn't been said by millions of people or seemingly millions of people on the Internet, right? Where it's amazing and it's awesome. And it's yeah, I mentioned, you know, an everlasting gobstopper before this for sure is that right. This is a JRPG that's with you in your pocket and it will take you 60, 70, 80, 90 hours to go through and play it. And if you're going to get the true ending or if you're just going to blaze through or if you're going to do this, but the gameplay and the dungeon crawling, that's fun. And like, you know, it's rock, paper, scissors kind of thing. What are they weak to? Okay, great. But I mean, it really comes down to, right? These relationships you're building and building out your character and choosing which girl you're going to romance and how you want to interact with these people and how you want to respond to Yosuke and what's going on with Nanako and, the relationships you build with all these people and that friendship circle of like, you know, when you see them gathered around the, t- the food court table at Junas, right? Like everybody's like gets that. And if you can hear the song, I can hear the persona song in my head, just thinking about it in the velvet room. And you know, for me, it was that weird thing of Jeff Haynes had turned me on to persona when I first got to IGN and we, he was, he had just reviewed persona three, I believe. And I played that on PS2 and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And I, I had struggled forever to find a, a JRPG that worked for me, that it connected with me. But setting it in modern Japan, you know, modern Tokyo, or at least a world like that for Persona 3, and making them school children and like giving them relationships I could understand around my head around. I was like, this is fucking great. And Persona 4 had, was coming out really right after that based on some kind of the way they were imported. I forget what it was. But but when it got there, I was reviewing something else. Never actually bothered to put it up. I still had it on my my shelf forever. But then, you know, PSP comes and it gets the Fez edition of Persona 3 and I'm playing that and I'm still enjoying that. So when it finally comes, you know, my chance to come to really get invested with Persona 4 comes on the Vita. It was. It is that game that I think so. It took so many of us by storm, and so many of us playing because it was 
on another level. I loved Persona 3, but this was on such a different level of it in terms of who the characters were and not even the intrigue of the story, which is interesting on its own, but what your interactions were going to be and wanting to go on the ski trip or go to the sauna with all these people and continue to have these relationships and like the way people feel about Chie or Yukiko or whoever, you know what I mean? Like Teddy, like these are like family members to everyone who plays that, I think. And that's special. And that's something that can't be overlooked. Still got to get back to it. Yeah. No, that see like you and me, I think have a very similar stance where it's like, I need to get back to Danganronpa. I've started Danganronpa like three or four times, but I always do it on a plane after a show and I get tired and I'm, I just, I'm going to take it's a It's a game that requires brain power and I think the same thing exactly. is with Persona where exactly. I actually really, I play, I actually got a five, six, seven hours into it. Yeah. Uh, not even a year ago and I just, something came up and I'm like, but I liked it. Yeah, exactly. But, I, but again, I got to restart it. So, uh, number one, uh, Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight was native to PC Wii you and 3ds but um and i think it was great on pc and i think it was uh great on wii u i think it was less great on 3ds uh but uh vita it found a perfect home on vita shovel knight is one of the great games of the last 10 years bar none and you know shovel knight came out a little late in the in the in the the cycle of uh ape it is cool again or retro is cool again where that shit was just being run into the fucking ground and a shame with reckless abandon and still to a degree is to this day but shovel knight as i explained when we were at ig when i reviewed it and did videos on it and stuff wasn't just 8-bit or wasn't just retro for the sake of being 8-bit or retro it was it understood what it meant to be a game from that era and i really do stand by the fact that it wasn't just trying to be old. It was informed by great old games. And there's a major difference there. Um, there's a lot of Zelda two in it. There's a lot of um, uh, Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden in it. This is Mario in it. There's DuckTales in it. These are, these are not middling or just good games. These are all really important, really fantastic games. And Shovel Knight takes and is informed by those and takes a lot of uh, cues from those games. Shovel Knight is special, um, and Yacht Club is a great studio. And again, for clarity's sake, I, I uh, I'm friends with those guys, um, and I was the one that actually revealed that game uh, to the world um, from the media. So I want to be clear that I do have a relationship with them. Uh, but they identified me because they knew I would love it. And lo and behold, man, like I know that the the the, the Kickstarter didn't do as well as I th- like it did fine. They they funded it, and I think that there was a lot of skepticism with my peers and with other people where they're like, this game is not what you think it's going to be this and i'm like no it is and it ended up being a phenomenon and i'm so happy and i'm so proud of them and i'm so happy to have been there from the very beginning with them because just watching their story and watching them develop and watching what they were capable of doing they are fucking g's man they like really the hand-drawn fucking lovely music brilliant gameplay my only complaint is it's not hard enough that was like that was my only complaint is like i want it to be even harder and uh just seeing smatterings and 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 echoes of mario and just fighting bosses with sub weapons like ninja gaiden or like castlevania and you're on a map like mario 3 and you're pogoing on things like you're in zelda yeah, yeah. or you're in in ducktales i'm like this is zelda 2 specifically this, i'm like this is just phenomenal stuff and shovel knight is you know one of my favorite games of all time and it's it's uh i think it's just really a great game on beat and if you haven't played it um you should be ashamed of yourself. Damn. Mm-hmm. Laying it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the number one I put on here is Freedom Wars. Uh, it's on there 
strictly out of selfish purposes. I think, you know, whenever this conversation comes up on Conor Greg Live, I'm going to give you a wish I play. I always throw out Persona. I think Persona probably is pound for pound the best game on the platform. But going th- doing this list always gets you nostalgic, number one. And it also, for Vita, kind of feels like we're getting ready to send this guy off into the sunset, right? And to sit back and be honest and have an honest conversation with myself and you in the audience, like, I had no... No game was as fun on the Vita for me as Freedom Wars. Freedom Wars, you, we talk about how, for me, Drake, uh, you know, Uncharted Golden Abyss, that's what we thought the Vita was going to be, right? And then you have the end cap of that, you know, for Sony's bookends, Freedom Wars, their last AAA game they're going to put out for it, right? And that's what it should have been in the way of, I will never forget that vacation back to Missouri where I had been playing Freedom Wars on my own nonstop, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was with Christine at the time. And she was watching me play it, and she was like, oh, I'm going to get into it, too. And she started playing it. And then us on that plane, playing on the plane, and then landing, and both of us being like, oh, it's so cool, and I'm showing her on Columbia. And I'm like, but like, I really want to play Freedom Wars. She's like, I do, too. And we just started going to coffee shops every day, and would just sit there for hours and play Freedom Wars and go out and go on these missions and take down these things. And it was so cool. It, it gave me such vibes of what I loved about Peace Walker on PSP where I used to, you know, Caleb and Mike P and all these people, we would get together and go to a bar and just fucking grind missions and get new shit and get new, uh, what do you call it? Motherboards for the AI and Metal Gear. It was the same thing here where it was like, fuck, I'm, I'm, le- you know, I'm beating the game, but I want better weapons because I want to be able to advance and I want to be able to knock. I, you know, I was really intent on trying to get my sentence down to zero. Like I was that into this game. And so to do very that, very hard to do that that we'll get to that in a second but that was the thing of like going through and playing it and feeling like i was being rewarded and getting it and i'm like i need this this and combining them all for this better weapon it was like it was such a fucking awesome game to play by myself to play locally with somebody and then to play online with other people like it it worked in a way that like fuck why weren't more vita games doing this because this was something special this was a special special feeling that i didn't i don't get out of a lot of other games because it is that let's go interface together but go home and take our characters and our saves and all that stuff but it came too late not to mention that freedom wars like what you're saying with dang rampa is an incredibly japanese game right and so like for me like half of that game is i was earning you know my years and points to get the new outfits and then going through and changing all the colors and getting the sliders and getting different hair and like i loved that shit of just updating my character the story it was interesting don't get me wrong Percy Proper, what up, my boy? Still got his little vinyl yeah. figure at home. Could have, could have. Percy Proper could have been bigger. Exactly, and but it was like that wasn't why you were playing it. You were playing for those experiences wrapped around it. And then the problem I had with it was that like I was so into it, I was having such much fun. I mean, I'm playing it more than anybody I know. And eventually, it's just into the fucking wall where it was. Well, what the fuck do I do next? I know I need this thing to get that weapon and you'd go look and it would be like oh okay first off there's no like i would i was looking for like japanese guides to import they might have had a translation nothing that i could find and then it was like all right fine even websites like game facts didn't have anything great at the time and I'm, I'm boiling it down and finding like different weird message boards right and it was just into the minutia of like oh to get the weapon you're looking for you need to fight this boss and hack off their left arm and it's going to have like a one in ten drop and i was like fuck that no sorry i love this game but i do not love this game to go through and feel like i'm wasting time because it had been so good i felt of rewarding me and making everything i was doing felt like it mattered in some different way but then to get here to like okay i'm getting my ass kicked by whatever you know stage this is i i I beat the game the narrative or the narrative i'm sure there's some fucking weird ending i don't know about but 
I'm sure. To keep going and do all the specials and all this different shit, it was like, no, no, you need the best weapon, and to get the best weapon, now you're looking at grinding for like twenty hours. I'm like, I can't, I just can't do yeah, it. Yeah, the, the 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 shame with Freedom Wars, I think, I didn't I didn't reach that wall because I didn't play it as much as you did, but uh, the shame there is that it was isolated on Vita. I think I think it actually did better than they thought it was going to do in the West, but the and I think a lot of that had to do with our evangelism and other people's evangelism. Sure. Well, it's really our evangelism. No one was just talking about it, but uh, also. I feel like this is a franchise they shouldn't abandon. I feel like this should come to PS4, and I feel like this is one of those things where I I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Yeah. Uh, I I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, Freedom Wars Two came to Vita, um, not necessarily here, but in Japan where Vita is still really actually thriving. It's a little strange that they weren't able to turn it around quicker, and I guess the distance between the release of the game in the West in 2014 and now indicates that it's just not going to happen, but it would be cool for them to go back to the well and be like, well, we're going to bring Freedom Wars to PS4, and I'm not talking about a port, but just make a new Freedom Wars game with the same idea, um, the same mechanics, make it very PlayStation-centric and and charge a reasonable price for it, and yeah. I think people would get in, but it is, a, it is a great game. And that was the same thing, too, of like just talking about it, and, why, and this is probably why it speaks to me, because I get so many Peace Walker vibes on it, but going to PSX that first year, and I'm pretty sure I have this, we've been to so many conventions, but I that's where you play with the kids exactly where i we i had all i you know said hey shout out to the best friends come play uh you know the freedom wars with me and so many people did and we just had different groups running and get, doing this stuff and teaching each other and learning and it's like that's so fucking cool when games do that mm-hmm. and that's always the promise of handheld gaming that's always the promise of the switch what it'll actually turn out to be who the fuck knows all right so let's do i'll do the math i guess yeah you tabulate while you do that over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, you can leave your comments to be part of the show and your questions. Uh, thanks to Jericho for usually gathering them. He didn't gather these. I did it myself because I'm a man of the people. And I asked, hey, guys, what are your top tens? And what's your and tell me about your number one game. So a whole bunch of you responded. I'm always a big fan of that. We're going to start with Brooke. Brooke wrote in and said, hey, Greg, my number one is Danganronpa. Trigger, trigger happy havoc. Why do Japanese games have such silly names? It gets my vote due to the quality of the riding and addictive gameplay. The story is mature with a great cast of characters. It also offers great replay value for and for and for a murder mystery. The plot really keeps you guessing. It can, I it convinced several of my friends to give a poor unwanted Vita a loving home. One of the best games I've played in the last five years for sure. Also shout out to Freedom Wars, which did not get enough time in the sun. Great game. Love or have a great break, guys. Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. Jumping around here. I thought this was an interesting one. Lindsay chimed in with a, a list that was in no particular order, but then says, I'd say Hotline Miami or Bastion are the best games on my list, but my number one, my number one is Actual Sunlight. Maybe it's because I just played it, but this game encapsulates why I love Vita and gaming in the current gen. Many of the games on this list are narrative-driven games that I picked up via PlayStation Plus, games I might not have picked up otherwise. Actual Sunlight is completely depressing and soul-crushing. It's the kind of game where you spend infinitely more time processing its impact than you do playing it. That's you fucking nailed it right there, Lindsay. Uh, having a game touch on such difficult and dark topics in, in a real way is just such a cool experience. And I love games giving us an approachable way to experience that. Um, let's go around here. One shot popped in and gave Danganronpa, said Danganronpa is his number one. Uh, my number one spot can actually be pretty interchangeable between Danganronpa and Persona 4. I really enjoy them both for the same reasons of having a great story and cast of characters that I cared about. It says something about a game when I want to replay it despite knowing all the twists and turns it takes. When someone asks about what games to play on Vita, Danganronpa is the one that instantly comes to mind. I thought I had one more. No, here, yeah. Son of Mar wrote in and said, Persona. My number one is easily Persona. Not because it's one of, the, one of the best JRPGs in years, but because it is such a well-told story. It is one of the few games to put me on the edge 
the way it does to elicit excitement the way it does and has a fun and refreshing system for a newcomer by mixing t- classic turn-based R- JRPG mechanics with simulator effects and systems. It's the game that made me buy a Vita, and I never looked back since getting both. Got to give props to both you gents for always waving the Vita Island flag. It's what we do, son of Mar. Don't worry. You still tabulating? Yep. Great. While you do that, I'm going to tell you about your best friend, all right? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do a thing called PS. I love this best friend on PS. I love you. XOXO. It's where one of you goes to kind of funny.com slash forums. You leave your PSN name and why you need PSN friends. We read it aloud here and the other best friends send messages of support and or friend requests. Today's comes from PSN name. Stranjack. S T R A N J A K. Hey guys, I have a bit of a conundrum. I live in Ireland. Oh, my shillelagh. I have two distinct groups of friends, nerdy and non-nerdy. My nerdy friends and I play Magic the Gathering with, parentheses, I run a Magic YouTube channel called Windmill Slam, hashtag AD. Oh, hashtag ad. Ha, that's funny. Uh, And my non-nerdy friends don't play games much at all. This means I am left with no one to watch my back in the trenches of of Battlefield 1 or help me get three stars on levels and overcooked. So, any help from the awesome kind of funny best friends would be much appreciated. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and friend PSN strand Jack S T R A N J A K. This is going to date me immediately. Does overcooked have online multiplayer? I didn't think so. I didn't think so either. I don't know if they're going to be able to help you strand Jack, but maybe they'll come to your house. Everybody go friend him. And while you're friending him, remember the PS. I love this best friend. XOXO is brought to you by O W C D I Y PlayStation four hard drive upgrade kit. P.S. I love you. XOXO was brought to you by the OWCDIY PlayStation 4 hard drive upgrade kit available now at maxsales.com. Now that Christmas is over, you have one thing left to do. Install all of those new video games you received as gifts on your PlayStation 4. But with games taking up 50 gigabytes of storage space, your drive can fill up fast. If you need more storage on your system, quadruple the storage space on your PS4 with the OWCDIY PlayStation 4 hard drive upgrade kit. With the OWC kits include a two terabyte hard drive and all the tools needed for installation and to transfer your data. You'll be able to spend less time managing game data and more time actually playing games. The kit includes an enclosure so you can reuse the PS4's original hard drive as an external drive. That's actually awesome. I didn't read that far into this ad before. There is even an instructional video to guide you step by step through the installation. Visit MaxSales.com and step up your gaming with the OWC DIY PlayStation 4 hard drive upgrade kit. DIY means do it, y'all. Do it, y'all. <laughs> so uh, by my count, we have 16 individual games between us okay. on our 20 slots. Uh, so uh, the top 10 is actually top eight because there are two ties. Uh, so number eight, Velocity Ultra. Number seven, Guacamelee. Number six, Luminous Electronic Symphony. Tied at number five, Persona 4 Golden and Danganronpa Trigger Happy Habit. Mm, that's cute that they're sharing them. <laughs> number four is Shovel Knight. Number three is Rogue Legacy. Number two is a tie between Freedom Wars and Severed. Gotcha. And the number one is Uncharted Golden Abyss. Huh. That's the list. So, so Uncharted Golden Abyss, Freedom Wars, Severed, Rogue Legacy, Shovel Knight, Persona 4 Golden, Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc, Luminous, Electronic Symphony, Guacamelee, and Velocity Ultra. That's the top 10 Vita games. That's a great list of games. It is. Go out and play all those. Get your Vitas. And if you're one of these motherfuckers who's like, ah, oh, the Vita's got no games and I don't use my Vita anymore, you're dumb. send it into the Vita Relocation you're Program. You're dumb, but kind also of, send it into the Vita Relocation Program. Kindoffunny.com slash Vita Relocation Program. And if you're also not the one who's saying, why would I send in my Vita for free when I could take it to GameStop? Why don't you take it to GameStop and shut the fuck up then? That's what doesn't make any sense. You can't have it both ways. I was a little disappointed that people didn't... I thought that was a great idea for a video you put together and, and uh, some people are just... 
just fucking totally malcontent. It's just un- it's just unbelievable how like no one like it doesn't matter. We'll bring them the joy. It doesn't we'll matter. Bring them the joy. But thanks for making the Vita fail, everyone. <laughs> Time for PSN's worst name of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you use a PlayStation Three, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation Four, or PlayStation VR, you can't fucking change your PSN name, no matter how much you want to. It's been that way a long time. So every time here on PS, I love you XOXO, we make a cry to Shuhei Yoshida to let us change the names with one of your bad names. This one comes from John. John says, "Hey, Greg and Colin." You don't have to wait for Colin to respond. I'm John from the rainy country. Some call Finland and my PSN name is Tetra Ninja 321. You might not think it's that bad and you'd be wrong, but you have to see. I'm going to do all that again. You might think it isn't that bad, but you'd be wrong as it isn't fun to constantly get friend requests and messages from randos who think I'm a YouTuber with 1.4 million subscribers. I obviously wasn't aware of his existence when I picked my name back in 2012, but as soon as I started playing multiplayer games, people started telling me how much they liked my videos, even though my channel sucks. It was then that I realized they thought I was an Asian guy living in Canada, even though it clearly says, quote, I'm a gamer songwriter from Finland on my PSN profile. Real quick, John, nobody's checking your PSN profile to see what you wrote in your bio. Chill the fuck out. It hasn't been all bad, though. I actually met my best and only friend when he, too, (laughs) thought that I was a famous YouTuber. (laughs) I think he means his only PSN friend, but who knows? Unlike everyone else, though, he actually actually wanted to be my friend after I told him that I wasn't who he thought he was. He probably noticed how cool I was. So please, Shuhei, let us change our names. Now, John, this is like the Michael Bolton situation. Mm. I don't feel you should have to change your name. All right. The other guy, he's doing whatever he has to do. It sucks. Who was first, though? You have to go hide. Well, I mean, he got it on PSN. Done. Mm. I'm assuming. Well, he didn't get it on PSN. He put some numbers after it. Well, I think, but I'm guessing. Oh, you don't think it's Tetra Ninja 321 is the guy's YouTube name? No, I think it's probably Tetra Ninja or something like no. that you would assume right i i, I mean i assume that because i was like that's a weird coincidence maybe maybe it's i mean if you just aped the guy's name completely then these are the, the kinds of things that you're gonna well he didn't know though he just loves being tetra ninja 321 apparently maybe it's the guy's name is just 321 and they assume that, that yeah. that's another mm-hmm. one but yeah john i don't think you should run scared i think you should just live it live it up and then i'll ask all those kids for the paypal information ladies and gentlemen this has been ps i love you xoxo Remember, it is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast, and that keeps the mics on. So please go there. Subscribe to the two YouTube channels, back the other podcasts, rate us across the world. If you see someone with groceries while you're driving, you roll the window down and say, Yeah! <laughs> see if they drop the shit. That's all I want to know. They throw their bag, the bread, the, yeah, the, the celery. The celery, every, <laughs> the eggs. The eggs come out. <laughs> Uh, this is of course the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet because of your support and we thank you very much for that we love and appreciate you remember it posts every Tuesday at 9am Pacific time no matter if there's holidays and we're not there we'll make that fucking show happen as you can see every episode of PS I love you XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call singing a shoe hey this is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and you give me a song you made I need an mp3 and I didn't think I'd have to spell this out for so many of you motherfuckers it's an mp3 I can download and nothing I listen to songs I'm like that's a good song I go to the SoundCloud no download button you're fucking yourself over and a YouTube video I put the mp3 at the end of our mp3 I annotate to your YouTube video at the end of our YouTube video this one comes from Chris hey Colin and Greg he wants me to wait for you hello it's Chris Dorkson back again with another song remember this guy Dorkson Dorkson oh yeah. 
<laughs> I'll jump to the PS, which you should have put in the wrong. It's pronounced Dirksen. <laughs> My best friend and I lost it listening to you guys try to pronounce it. Don't worry, you're not the first smiley All right, dork. Chris Dorkson is back again <laughs> with another song. I wrote this one about the coming of winter, which took Winnipeg by storm, literally, over the past few days. It's a simple acoustic track that I recorded and performed by myself over the past 48 hours. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a simple tune about the woes of the Canadian weather. Love you guys and all you do. Chris Dorkson. And they put it. They got the thing here. So, Chris, we love you. Thank you, of course, for telling us how to say your name. We will continue to ignore it. Right. For the next decade as we use your music whenever we see fit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure talking Vita with you. Until next time. No. We love you, and we miss you, and we hope you have a happy new year. I also don't believe them in the pronunciation. If it was pronounced Dirksen, it would be, uh, why is the vowel an O and not an I? So, great point. I, these people who write their fucking Come names on. out, and they, then they're just like, no, it's pronounced this way. I'm like, no, this is how words work. Yeah, you can't just make things up as you go along. You don't look at my name Greg and say, oh, it's Gray. That's, that's just how I pronounce Grieg. it. Greg. It's actually Grig. <laughs> Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.
with people spewing breath Oh, but ironic, it's scary Death, still my frozen deep These are my winter blues Get the winter, always get the winter blue.